And so finally I got them all straightened out. It's about noontime. And uh, at that point I start, kept jumping him. You know, he kind of lost interest and in trying to keep track of me. And so he wasn't going too far. He'd go two, 300 yards, bed back down. And so I jumped him three times total. And then the last time... Back to another episode of Northwoods Whitetails. I'm sitting here in the Green Mountain State with a few buck killers. You guys want to introduce yourselves? I'm uh, Garrett LaPearl, uh, Devin Messier, Connor Shalong. All right. How you guys doing? Good. Pretty good. Yeah. Good. You're Had a long right? week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. The cool weather's getting me uh, getting me excited, though. Oh, what for about sure. you guys? Yeah, every morning it wakes up and about 45 degrees. Oh. It's getting, getting closer and closer, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. That cold, that cold air in the morning really, it like turns something on in my mind where it's like, oof, it's getting close. Do you guys want to tell a little bit about yourselves and what you guys do for work and you know your background? Yeah, I'm uh, been born and raised in Vermont, Central Vermont. I uh, weld pipe for work, <laughs> and uh, we work pretty much just in New England. And it works out pretty good to go deer hunting because we end about November 1st, first week of November, and then I can take most deer hunting off and do what I enjoy. Now, what kind of pipe do you, like water pipes? Or? So we, the company I subcontract to, we weld snowmaking pipe. So oh, it's okay. water and air for all their snow systems, and we work at all the ski areas pretty much. And gotcha. You've been all over New England, haven't you? Yep. This year I've worked Vermont, Massachusetts, New York. And I'm going to be in New Hampshire probably in a couple of weeks. Everywhere but Maine. Do a little deer scouting along the way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them ski areas, I guess you can't hunt. But boy, we see a pile of deer. And they're just about tame a lot of time. <laughs> and then cool. all the videos you send me all the time seem like you can just about walk right up. Oh, to for sure. Out. Yeah, they're not bashful. <clears throat> and what do you do for work? I uh, own my own concrete business, residential. Concrete foundations, slabs, sidewalks, all sorts of stuff like that. Right. So this is your busy time of year, like we were yeah. kind of saying before. Yeah. I mean, it's stupid this time of year. I don't have really much time to think about anything, but it's getting to the wind down season to where I can start thinking about deer hunting a little bit more and get excited about it at least. Right. Yep. You know what's coming. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants to get everything buttoned up for the yeah. fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Scramble mode. I know I see it with plumbing. Like everybody's like, they want to be in by thanksgiving right no, you know for sure. or, mm. yeah so uh, how long have you guys been deer hunting been deer hunting since 2007 started when i was 10 my dad got me into it and a bunch of his buddies would all go up to northern new hampshire and there's about a group of three or four of them every year man them guys were shooting big bucks they were coming home if they weren't 200 pounds boy they were close and that really got the itch to get the big woods yep that's cool mm-hmm. and what about you uh i first year i still went out i shot my first doe when i was eight over in new hampshire for uc's and ever since then really got going after it and never stopped yep that's cool so you guys have been doing it your whole lives then yeah. oh yeah absolutely um would you guys primarily like call yourselves trackers or 
just opportunists or like how do you guys like to hunt? So I'd say when I first started hunting, it was opportunist. But now, like when the when you guys come out with that first podcast there, there's been a bunch of them. But listening to the podcast over the last couple of years, it's really got me into the hunting the bigger woods and tracking. Last year, went down to Massachusetts and boy, got one finally. You know, I got does and stuff tracking before in Vermont, but finally got a decent buck doing it and. Boy, it lit a fire. It clicked. I'd say you did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you, you got three good ones last year. Yeah. Do you want to tell your, your first tracking buck story? Yeah. Uh, in Massachusetts? The first one, actually, I so I thought that I had tracked that same buck the whole time, and yeah. it ended up being a satellite deer. But it, So I had hunted Massachusetts the week before, and we had no snow. Took, can't hunt on Sunday, so I come home. Went back down Monday, and they had about eight inches of fresh snow. It was just stopping snowing there when I was getting over the border. So I got to where I wanted to go hunting, the road I had been hunting, I guess I should say. And there was about four sets of deer tracks crossing the road. And there were a lick of snow in them, and I knew they were, they were fresh. So I got out and looked at them, and one of those four tracks cut off by itself. And I said, well, that's probably the one I'm going to chase and go after. So I parked my truck and go after go after him. I didn't go 200 yards. I was probably within inside of the truck, not thinking he was going to bed down so fast. And I jumped him. So I give him some time, half hour, 45 minutes, start tracking him again. And uh, we go up over the snow, and he started feeding. So I slowed down. We all, me and Devin, a bunch of our buddies, going to group chat on Snapchat. So I took a picture of him, and I says, "Any minute, I'm going to be back on him." put my phone back in my pocket and I looked up and the direction his tracks were going, there was a deer running right at me. So I shot and they got him. Well, come to find out that was a different buck. And the one I ended up shooting was the guy had jumped him probably a little over a mile, probably a mile and a half. Cause it took him, I met up with that guy like two hours later and found out what had happened. Yep. But so, so that, so you don't know, like what the one you were tracking I, was? I do not. Um, so I met up with that guy. He followed my backtrack down, and uh, I got telling the story, and I told him, you know, I picked the deer's track up, and he's like, no, you didn't. And I was like, what? Thinking he was being kind of a dink to me. And yeah. He's like, I jumped that buck. He said, I followed his tracks right to your gut pile. And I was <laughs> like, well, I says, that other set of tracks, I says, was definitely a buck. I said, I just jumped him. And uh, so he ended up going back and tracking that one. But so that, I don't know, that was kind of a letdown because I was pretty hyped up, you know, thinking that I had tracked yep. one. So after that one, the second one, boy, I was on a mission. I, well, after I got that second one, I backtracked, made sure that was definitely the same <laughs> one. <laughs> so, so you got the first one. And then did you come back home? I did. You yep. came back home with a deer. Yep. You, you got them cut up. And, and uh, the day, so I got that first one, it was December 12th, and Devin and his girlfriend were just coming back from Illinois, and me and Devin go hunting pretty much everywhere together, and so we had rented an Airbnb for the 13th for the rest of the season, so I come back, they come over, checked out the deer, we loaded up the trucks, and the next morning we went back, and uh, I hunted with him for, I don't know what, week and a half. Yeah, it was all of that first week we hunted together. Yeah. We ended up jumping to what we thought was that 
fuck it, you end up shooting yeah, him. Yeah, it was the first week of muzzle. Well, I ended up saying up shooting him. Or shooting at him, at least. Yeah. The second one or the first one? The second okay, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. So you guys were in a good pocket of deer. Oh, yeah, for sure. We were covered up in them. Um, but a lot of them we were tracking. We were finding out they were either sh- already shed bucks or does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Common yeah, they shed sure. early last year. So yeah. Like, so were you guys in a... A swamp. You said a swamp earlier. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of the deer were last year with <clears throat> with no feed in the woods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of all they had. Yeah, a lot of moss last year for sure. A lot of moss and yeah. a lot of the green yeah, stuff in the swamp. And um, I mean, I think that's a big learning lesson for, I mean, me at least, because I don't think I've ever seen a year with that little of mass crop mm-hmm. in, in the years that I've been hunting. But um, I'm sure it happens every so often, and the next time it does, I know where to go, right. and that's down yeah. in the swamp because that's everybody that I've talked to that was successful last year was in a swamp, swamp of some sorts. Yeah, so. it seemed like we got a pile of snow, and it seemed like the does were headed for better ground, and the bucks were staying put. You know, they didn't want to do anything but stay where they were at and feed, and right. they found them areas with the feed, and they didn't want to leave them. It's almost like the uh, – it's almost like the calendar was <clears throat> ahead a couple months mm-hmm, for with sure. the no feed. Yeah. It's almost like the deer are acting like how they would usually act in January or February yeah. <clears throat> from what I've heard. Because mm-hmm. like the stories you were telling earlier about tracking last year and <clears throat> the bucks just weren't going very far. No. Um, so you want to tell the, the second buck? Yeah. That so that second one there, me and Devin were hunting together for that next week. And uh, we finally decided to split up. You know, we just weren't on the bucks and figured if we split up and got, you know, some better intel, we'd have a better chance of getting another one. So Devin did some research on Onyx, found this spot that looked good. So I drove around and dropped him off, and I went to a different spot that day and met up with him that night. And uh, he said, man, he said, we got to go there tomorrow. He said, there is a pile of deer in there. And he says they're just a lot of feed. And he said, they don't seem to be wanting to leave. So the next day I did the same thing, went around, dropped him off. I left actually from the place we were staying, walked out the back door. It butted up to a bunch of state land and uh, it was early in the morning. I jumped a deer walking in, wasn't quite sure what it was. And uh, anyways, kept to the plan, went into that swamp and I jumped this buck. Didn't know it was, I knew it was a buck because I went over and I smelled as bad and stuff and it just smelled like a buck and but I didn't know it still had horns so I'm going into this not knowing you know knowing these bucks are shedding their horns not knowing he still had horns so I tracking him and he got onto a group of deer that must have been the tracks for a day or two old but he was walking in their tracks so it was really hard to decide you know which one was his and which one wasn't and so finally I got him all straightened out it's about noontime and uh that point i start kept jumping him you know he kind of lost interest and in trying to keep track of me and so he wasn't going too far he'd go two three hundred yards bed back down and so i jumped him three times total and then the last time this buck he kind of got into this real thick stuff and i'm beat feeting on him trying to gain some ground not thinking he was going to lay down so quick and there was a fallen down tree and he walked up to that fallen down tree and it looked like he wanted to jump over it, but he backed up and walked around it. And me not thinking, I just shot around that fallen down tree. Well, when I looked up, he's standing there at 40 <laughs> yards looking at me. And uh, I couldn't, I could see he had, I looked like a spike horn to me, but it was his brow tine and I couldn't see that he had a rack. And when he turned to run, I could see his rack and I, 
got lucky and they touched one off and they got him. So that all worked out. But yeah. How far apart from the first year to the second one were you? I was probably mile, mile and a half from. Oh, sure. Yeah, where they both. Yeah. Not very far. No. Same chunk of woods. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. One was on one side of this old road. So down where we were in Mass, they got a bunch of them fourth class roads kind of deal like we got up here that the locals and the Vermonters all drive out, you know, and oh, yeah. think nothing of it. And uh, so he they, pretty much that was all that was separating that chunk of woods. And when I was driving in that first week down there, of course, I was getting there half hour for daylight, you know, 15 minutes probably for daylight. And I was always seeing deer cross right there. Didn't really think too much of it. It's just trying to figure out where they were going from there. Um, but it just seemed to be a good transition spot for him. That's where he cut his track. Yep. Yep. No kidding. They're they're both very nice deer. Mm-hmm. What did they weigh? So the one the first one weighed one thirty two, and the second one was one twenty four. Neither wow. one of them had an ounce of fat on no, them. Wow, light deer. deer. Yeah. Now, um, both have beautiful racks. People listening can't see them, obviously. But um, did did any of did you score either of them? Or? I did not. I'm, one. They're both like probably around the one ten, yeah, one fifteen mark. Yeah. Yeah, that second one. He probably doesn't score quite no. up so well. He's not. Yeah. He's wide, he's but he's wide. not super yeah. tall. Missing a brow, but mm-hmm. that other one's—that's a beauty. Yeah, but well, I have a feeling you're going to be headed back to Massachusetts. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I got the itch now. Yeah. Oh, it's fun down there yeah. late season, especially if they still have their antlers. Oh, for sure. It gets a little bit of snow down there too. It's oh like yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys are done. Yeah, a lot of guys are done hunting. Yeah. Um, now, Devin, you—I heard you go out of state a lot. You go out midwest and do a lot of bow hunting yep go out to usually illinois and indiana and hunt quite a bit and uh go out there for usually the first couple weeks november hit the prime rut and usually do pretty well out there last last year didn't do too too good i only shot a small 10 but take what you can get that's for sure it's funny to hear that small 10 (laughs) as a vermonter (laughs) there's no such thing yeah um now how do you how do you go about hunting out there do you stay in your truck do you camp do you get a room we uh have a camp full of guys out there there's 16 of us that go out every year and it's same group all vermonters yep uh there's a couple guys from new hampshire but pretty much all vermonters you guys hammer them pretty good out there yeah we usually do pretty well most of the time, everybody fills their tag yep. for, for the most part. Whether That's cool. whether it's a small six or a hundred and fifty inch ten, you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> right? And what yeah. are you guys setting up in like rut travel corridors or what? Yeah, what I mean, mostly you just hitting their travel spots where they're going from the does are going mm-hmm. from their feed to bedding areas, and that usually does pretty well for you. You tend to see a few good ones every now and then. <laughs> Absolutely, for sure. Yep. It's a whole different world, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. I went down to Ohio quite a bit when I was younger and it was a lot of fun <clears throat> just seeing the like you know, the deer behavior. You know, because you just it's like that's the stuff you don't see in the northeast much. You just cause the numbers aren't as great. So you just don't see that kind of behavior. It's happening. Yeah. You just don't see it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's a, hap- it's a different atmosphere out there, that's for sure. You see it quite a bit more. We right. do a lot of stand sitting out there. It's not mm hunting around here to where you can actually venture out and learn what the deer are actually doing instead of sitting in your stand waiting for them to come by. Right. Now you got a big buck in Vermont. What year was that? 2019. 2009. You want to tell that story? That was a beauty. What did that one score? Uh, 153. Oh, yeah. That was like yeah. number one, wasn't it? No, that that was the year that Gene shot his okay. buck that year. So I think I ended up getting knocked down to third. Somebody else beat me by an inch or so, but either yeah. way. Yeah, that was a giant. I was tickled pink to shoot that thing. That's for sure. 
That, that, was your... that was just a shit lucky type deal. That's for sure. <laughs> just really looked at this piece of woods that been wanting to go in there for years. And it was Thanksgiving day. And I said, you know what? Today's the day we're going to try it out. And walked up through there. It was wicked windy out and had snowed and it was really crunchy. And I said, well, the wind's in my favor. I'm just going to head out and started walking out this logging road and I don't know, probably about an hour goes by and all of a sudden I run into a bunch of fresh hookings. I was like, well, there's bucks in here somewhere. Yeah. No sooner I said that, I look up and there's a buck looking at me and all of a sudden he just beds right down. I'm watching him, watching him, watching him. He's behind a tree, can't get a shot off at him. And a couple of times he turns around and licks himself and I said, well, he's legal. I said, as soon as he stands up, I'm going to give him one. And <laughs> waiting there, waiting there for a while, probably about, I don't know, felt like forever and probably only was about 10 minutes i happened to be looking around and look up the ridge and lo and behold he's standing up there looking down at me trying to figure out what i'm doing getting closer to this other deer and wow so it wasn't it wasn't the buck no it was a completely different one the one that i was looking at was uh pretty sure it was a six pointer nice buck anyway but uh he was just sitting there trying to figure out what i was and he was only about 80 yards up the ridge and I had to do a double take on him, look back up at him. I said, yeah, you're legal. Pow, and watch him run up through. I thought sure as hell that I missed, and I tried getting another one at him and missed that time. And there was a little tiny bit of snow on the ground, tracked him out, and couldn't find a bit of bit of blood anywhere. And I said, well, I think this is where he went, and finally found some blood, and about another 100 yards he expired. Wow. Yeah. I was pretty pumped when I walked up to him. I was like, woof. <laughs> I said, you have a lot more than I thought you had on you. <laughs> did you know about the deer? No, not at all. They just, like I said, shit lucky, just walked into the woods. And did people come out of the woodwork that knew about him or pictures of him? There or? was only one guy that I knew had pictures of him. <clears throat> no and kidding. he actually, the night I'd shot him, he actually, I actually ended up hanging him up here at Garrett's and uh, he wanted to come see him because he had a bunch of pictures of him there in Boston. Really? But he can never catch up to him and he said all of a sudden he just vanished yeah said never see him again moved to a different chunk of woods wow yeah that's a special deer yeah I mean, yeah that, that'll, that'll be the buck of a lifetime in vermont oh, that's for yeah. sure yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'll we'll shoot another one like that 53 yeah how many points did he have 14 14 <laughs> yeah how many 150s did you get that year uh, i shot another 153 inch 153 and three quarter in illinois um with my bow and then I shot a 227 pound seven pointer in Ohio. Wow. And then I shot a small Baskerack nine pointer in Indiana. There was five that year. I'm missing one somewhere, but I can't remember exactly where that's that was. That's a good year. Yeah. That's a wicked wow. year. Yeah, I had a smoke over year, that's for sure. Yeah. You shot a giant out in where? Illinois a couple of years back? Yeah. Uh, back in 2015, I shot my biggest buck to date. It was uh, 168 and three eighths. And, uh, that's and still hard to beat. I haven't even gotten pictures of one like that in a while. So it's really, yeah, it's, it's bow it's, hunting. Yeah. It's all bow. That's all I do out there is mostly bow hunting. They, yeah. they do have their shotgun seasons, but they're three days long. And for some reason that season just always dies down. Really? They just never the feel be, the pressure. That, or I think it's, they're in their pre-phase of the prime rut. They switch back over. They kind of calm down for a couple of days and, huh. See, it always seemed like the second gun was always better out there. No kidding, the late one. Yeah, when they're really like back on the feed. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Illinois is one buck, right? One buck. No, state. you can shoot two bucks. You can shoot one two. with a gun, one with a bow. No kidding. The habitat must be un- unbelievable out there. Yeah. No, no, it's crazy. It's thick and it. Well, I mean, 
it's different out there. It's, Is it? It's all flat. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. all just fields. I mean, it's not woods like it is around here. So it's a completely different atmosphere once you get out there. Right, more like kind of a Kansas type of vibe. Kind of. Not not so much plains, but more or right. less like Yeah, exactly. Ag- you, you hunt your big draws, and that's about it. I mean, okay. twenty acre chunk of woods is pretty big really <laughs> yeah so the bow hunting must be incredible no absolutely yeah <laughs> there's only so much cover right? but you got to be careful though going into those spots i'm sure like unlike here you out, can just yeah. walk wherever whereas out there you can blow them out yeah, no absolutely they'll bed right in the wide open hardwoods out there really yeah really okay. that's all they got i mean that it's not super thick i mean they got some briars but it's really not it's pretty much open all mm. open oaks and that's it now do you think a lot of guys are just letting smaller bucks go and that's the reason why there's so many like big ones because you'd think with that like small amount of woods and that many deer it'd be easy to just wipe imagine if like a thousand vermonters right, went over right. to illinois you just murder them all but yeah. No, I just think they had have done so well from themselves out there, and nothing really kills them off. I mean, they got coyotes, but right. that's their only predator out there that can nearly kill them off, other than humans. They don't have the, the winter out there either. That no. too, yeah. yeah. I mean, they they get cold temperatures, but I mean, they don't get snow. They have no snow, and then they feed on soybeans and corn all year long. Mm, right. Come about February, they run out of that, and they switch over to acorns. Mm. Plenty of feed. Yeah. Now, do, do the locals shoot? small bucks or do they is it kind of the culture to to wait no i mean you get your dedicated hunters they wait for good they ones wait, for but sure some people but don't you get some of the locals they don't care they just want to fill the mm-hmm. freezer right yeah because i i've always kind of thought that about the midwest that maybe the culture was so different than like let's say the northeast where in the midwest a lot of the guys just they want the trophy mm-hmm. you know and i think that kind of like will it'll really change the age structure yeah because i mean imagine if the entire northeast if guys only wanted to shoot 130s right which is like the equivalent to a 170 in the mm-hmm. midwest so i mean it would change things for sure yeah but i think it's just so much harder in the northeast to kill a buck that that's why we're more apt to kill a 80 inch six pointer because it's like <laughs> absolutely that's special right you know right. like it's so hard to do but i mean i guess it's all relative to the area and yeah no absolutely i mean it ain't uncommon to go out there to see and when the rut's real good to go see 10, 15 bucks in a day. So oh my God. you just sitting here staying <laughs> all year to see that. <laughs> I wa- know. Watching a buck go by. Huh? There's Whoa. another one. There's another one. There's another one. It's like take, take a pick at some times. Wow. But I mean, unless you're really trying to trophy hunt, it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't, it's not much <clears throat> to kill a small eight pointer. That's for sure. No kidding. I bet shed hunting is good out there too. It's a, it's a blast. <laughs> I actually went out this year and we had our best year yet. And uh, what did we end up with? I think we had 29 sheds. And uh, I think we ended up finding like eight or nine different deadheads. Wow. You found some big deadheads. Yeah. Too, we ended up finding one real good one. I don't know <clears throat> what it ended up scoring. I think we ended up roughly scoring. It had a bunch of chews on it. And I think it was up like 220 something. Holy smokes. Yeah, just a monster. <laughs> had been big, there for big years. Big non-typical. Yeah, it just wow. had gnarly stuff going everywhere. Had, yep. a, had a third main beam and everything. Cool. It's exciting to see what's around though. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you just never know once you get in mm. there. That's for sure. Okay. How big of a property are you hunting out there? Is it a lease or is it public? Or I actually have permission on a couple pieces out there. Oh, okay. um, so the pieces that I hunt on, I think the total acreage is like 250. Right now it's just door knock? Yep. 
Yeah, just nice. going around, got lucky, and some, some some nice old people hit me. So yeah, go ahead, kill all the deer you want. That's <laughs> me. Holy yeah. Good yeah. Wow. It's pretty hard to do though, that's for sure. But like, did you go out there in the summertime and just ride around knocking on doors? Or? No, I mean I've been going out there for ten years, so I know the area pretty well. You used to guide out there, didn't you? Yeah, I guided when I was 17, 18 years old back in two thousand thirteen and fourteen. I guided for a couple of years for an outfitter that was there, so. I know the area very well. No kidding. So yeah. you had your foot in the door a little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely for sure. Oh shit. That sounds like fun though. No. I'd like I'd like the older I get, the more I want to kind of experience some of that like crazy bow hunting because I love to bow hunt. Mm-hmm. I just <clears throat> the bow hunting up in a lot of the country that I hunt is just so poor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can get into good stuff in September in New Hampshire if you're right on top of them, but if you're not, it's just it's not that great. Yeah. Now, you killed a beauty last year, Garrett, yeah. in, uh, in Vermont. Do you want to kind of run through with yeah, your bow? Yep. You want to kind of run through that whole story? And I'm sure the the listeners, if they saw the picture of the buck, they'd recognize it because yeah. it was making the rounds last yeah. year. Uh, so the story with that buck started back in 2020. And I think I was at work that day, just getting done work. And my old man called me and uh, said he just shot a buck with muzzle order. So I dropped what I was doing and I run up the air and uh, we had snow, but it was hot and it's raining a little bit. So we're losing snow fast. And so he's got good blood and I get up there and we're tracking it and we keep jumping this deer and he don't get around too good, you know, to really dog, yeah. dog him down and get after him. So this buck, he keeps bedded down. He sees us coming and they had logged there seven, eight years ago, probably. So it's thick and, you know, it's nasty, tough going. So we never ended up catching up with him, and I had to work the next day. So Devin ended up going up with my my old man, yep. and uh, they looked for him. Of course, and by that point, we'd run out of snow, and so I think that was the first weekend of muzzleloader season. So me and my old man, we spent the rest of muzzleloader season in Vermont that year, just up there, kind of looking for the deer, thinking that you know he probably didn't make it, not knowing really what was going on, and. So anyways, the 15th of December that year, we get a trail camera picture of that buck. And so that was kind of reassuring, knowing that he was alive, but not knowing he was going to make it through the winter. So I'm still kind of having a little bit of doubt going into 2021. I was turkey hunting in that area, and I found both Matt's sheds of that buck from the year that my old man had shot at him. And uh, so Was it near where he had shot him? It's probably... A mile, mile and a half, maybe a little bit farther. Um, but I have no idea what that deer was doing. It was a super steep bank, and I was headed back to the truck, and uh, no intentions of even calling turkeys anymore. I was just headed. <laughs> I was headed out of the woods. Thinking deer. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of where I found those sheds was he must have been bedded on top, and something jumped him down, and he was yeah. running, and. I mean, I had stopped, never saw the sheds. I'm just standing there kind of looking around, trying to pick my way down how I'm going to get through there. And I looked down, and my feet are on each side of a <laughs> Come shed. Come on. Yeah. You were standing on Yeah. And uh, so there was one shed there, and I picked it up, and I said, no doubt. This is awesome. First shed I've ever found. Really? And so I was like, I bet this other one's not very far. <laughs> and I looked down about 10 feet, and it's poking the G2s wow. and 3s, is poking out of leaves. So I grabbed it, you know, and at that point, it didn't register that it was the same deer. Yep. So I brought it home. My old man was home, and I showed him. And he's like, that's the buck I shot last year. I said, wow. nuh-uh. And so anyways, we got some pictures of him. His rack kind of grew off on me that 2021 year. And I ended up shooting another buck in a different area 
with my rifle, so I couldn't muzzle hunt. Well, that buck was pretty regular where we were hunting up until the end of October, and then he kind of ventured off. Well, when he come back, muzzler hunting, we were getting pictures of him almost every day, but he was broke off on one side. He only had his right side left. His left side was completely broke off, and he had like a three-inch stub on his main beam. And uh, so going into 2022, I told myself, I said, I need to spend a lot of time in the summer scouting, trying to find where this deer is living. So I'm on one side of the road, probably from June till August and I was working out of town then so I only had weekends to try to figure them out and I'm buying cameras off Amazon for like <laughs> cheap cameras I mean yeah. like 20 30 cameras. cameras yeah yeah and I'm loading every deer trail up trying to find this buck and I'm getting pictures of him but it's nighttime you know super early in the morning or right after dark and just not where he was living and so it got to be the end of August and I decided to, I better go elsewhere you know obviously this this buck's traveling through here but he's not living right here mm -hmm. so i ended up going on the other side of the road and i was up there walking around got to be early afternoon and i decided i was going to go back and get some lunch so i'm beat feeting out of the woods and there's a little couple little shelves and it got to the about the highest point of the land there and they had just logged there in 2020 and so it was about two years old and uh so it's growing up, but it's not super thick at this point. There's a little bit of berry bushes, not too bad. Well, there's one group of uh, spruce trees. And those little tiny spruce trees are probably 12 feet tall. And I'm standing in that spot looking at that. And I said, if I was a deer, that's where I would be. And uh, so I no sooner thought that to myself. And I saw him. He stood up out of his bed and he walked off. He didn't know what I was, but he knew I shouldn't be there. And uh, so I walked over there. And I found his bed, and it was indented in the ground probably three, four inches. I mean, you just tell it was down to bare dirt. Everything else was leaves around it. You could tell he was using it just about every day. So I put a camera in there, and I put three or four cameras around that spot trying to figure out if he was using it a bunch, how he was getting in and out of there. And uh, so that was like the end of August. It was like the 28th, somewhere around there, I guess. And uh, so I went back first weekend in September and I checked that camera and I had like 6,000 pictures of him and every single day <laughs> he, he was in that bed. 6,000. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. A tremendous amount yeah. of pictures. The yeah. most pictures I'd ever had on one card pull. You of, like put it right on his bed. Yeah. Of an actual deer, you know, not leaves and stuff That's going around. That's awesome. And yeah. it was cool to see because the wind direction would change. He would come in and lay down, and yep. all of a sudden, he'd be there for a couple hours, and the wind direction must have changed, and he would stand up, look around, and lay a different direction. And so anyways, so I got pictures of him in that spot until the 12th of September, and that was the last picture I had of him in velvet. I got a picture of him on a different camera on the 14th with no velvet, but once he shut his velvet, he never went back to that bed. So in my mind, I'm thinking that's her, that bed's still where I need to be set and kind of forgot about all those other cameras. So the first weekend in October rolls around and I had gotten sick that week prior to that bow season. I think it started on a Saturday last year and I was sicker than a dog. It was all I could do to walk into the woods. and Stomach bug or something? Yeah, just had a oh. wicked fever, couldn't get enough sleep, oh. didn't feel good. Yep. So I sat up there that Saturday, didn't see a deer. I sat there all day got down went back home i knew of a spot where a bunch of does were going so i'm gonna go up there and just see if i can see a deer and it was a little less of a walk to get in there so 
I went up there. I ended up getting a doe that Sunday and uh, took care of her that night, got ready to go back to work for the week. And that next Saturday, I went back, hunted that bed, and I only sat there till about 9 o'clock, and I remembered that those other cameras were up there. So I went up there, and I checked one, and uh, I had a daylight picture of them at 8.30 in the morning on September 29th. And me and Devin, a couple of our other buddies, got a group chat on Snapchat, and I texted them guys, and they says, this is where, if I'm going to kill them, this is where it's going to be, and this is yeah. where I'm going to spend the rest of the season. So, of course, I'm still not feeling very good. And so I mosey my way back to the truck, go home, get my climber, and I go right back there, and that's all I can do just to walk in there and with my climber on. And uh, so I get up in there, and I'm sitting that night, and I heard a deer walking that night, but it was out of sight and just could faintly hear it walking around me. And so that next morning, I'm sitting there, and I got to be like 7.30, quarter 8. And, of course, I'm not feeling good that day. And I'm sitting there, kind of got my head down. And I hear a twig snap. And I look behind me, and there he is at 30 yards. Oh, and, of smokes. course, behind me is the thickest part. And Did so, you feel better at that point? I, well, yeah. <laughs> so when I saw him, I was I was feeling pretty good. Yeah. And uh, so I get, I get up, and I get my bow. For whatever reason, that buck, he had stopped in the one opening that I had, and it, it wasn't wow. a super big hole, but I could see pretty much his whole rib cage. And I think that really, because I was excited, man. I oh was, yeah, I was shaking. Yeah, I think that made me really concentrate on making a good shot and not mm-hmm. so worried about how big he was. And uh, so I shot him. He took two bounds, and he kind of just stood there looking around, like what just happened. And he freaking piled up to like forty <laughs> yards. Wow. Yeah. That's a giant yeah, yeah. Uh, for Vermont with a bow. You yeah. said it, uh, it scored 123? 123, yep. Oh, he's giant. With he's a wicked flyer a, off yeah. the oh, G2. Yeah. Big I, uh, old flyer off the G2 on the right side. I uh, called Wicked. For a deer, I mean, the deer just tipped over. I'm calling my old man. Devin was hunting, yeah. and uh, I called him. He picked up. He's like, all right, I'm getting down on my way. And him and another one of my buddies come up. Man, that was it was pretty special just having oh, you know yeah, my yeah. buddies and my old man come up. And, yeah. That made that definitely topped it. Those are the best memories. Yeah. You know, the recovery of the big deer. Yeah. Um, did you ever see where your old man hit him? I didn't. So the funny thing with that buck, and I give my old man a hard time, I didn't know it at the time before I killed him. But when I killed him, his right front foot, his toe was missing on one side. And I joked wow. with my old man. I said, no I bet that's where you shot him. You shot his toe. <laughs> 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 no. Uh, I, think, I think he shot it in the brisket because okay. when he had shot him, he had come flying by my father chasing a doe. Yep. And dad just kind of picked up and shot. I mean, normally when you shoot him in the brisket, they do bleed quite a bit. And in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, you know, not a bunch, but, you know, enough to make you think, mm-hmm. to get your hopes up, I guess. And, uh, that's what happened. He bled pretty good for 100, 200 yards, but then it was pretty well clotted up and not much going on. And I I think that's where he shot him, but I looked for a scar on him, and I could never find hmm. a scar or nothing. But his antlers grew funny the next year. They huh? did, yep. But then on the two years after he shot him, they went back. Yep, they went back to normal. But he had that big flyer. I, mm. went, I wonder if that had something to do with right. it, but. What did he weigh during bow season? I I so I shot him on October 9th. He weighed one ninety six. Wow! Wow! So I brought him to Rodney Elmer's to yep. report him. Yep. And uh, of course, you know, I mean, I don't know that much about deer, and I'm talking to Rodney, and I'm kind of bummed, you know, that he, I'm ha- obviously yeah, happy yeah. with the deer, but I'm kind of bummed he didn't quite make that two hundred. And Rodney was telling me I never had heard this before. 
but he said on average from like mid-September till they start to rut, he said a deer will gain seven pounds a week. And then once the rut starts, he said, on average, they'll lose that. He says, so you shot a 200-pound deer. He said, you know, he's just trying to make me feel better. But, <laughs> you know, but that's, that's cool. something to think about, too. I, you know? I've never yeah, heard that. Yeah. Of I, I've never heard that. It's interesting. They're kind sense. of packing mm-hmm. it on on, uh, yeah. on purpose for the rut. Yeah, he's a beauty. Yeah, yeah no, I was tickled pink with him. I mean, you couldn't ask for better He'll hunting. be hard to beat Yeah, for sure. Vermont. Yeah, especially Central Vermont. I mean, they just oh, don't grow like man. that around here. No, that is... It's special. Now, I, I had thought that was a New Hampshire buck mm-hmm. from the picture. Yeah. I just assumed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you see a guy from central Vermont with a good deer, you would just think it's New Hampshire. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. But, yeah, what a giant. You chased some big ones around New Hampshire last I did. year. Dude, didn't yeah. So this is a story that might help some other people there. And I wish I had listened to myself when it happened. So I got... I was hunting this area in New Hampshire and just running into people left and right. Couldn't get away from people and Briggs Park where I wanted to go. And, you know, so anyways, I got home, freaking talking to Devin about what I want to do. Of course, we go hunting everywhere he goes hunting. I go hunting vice versa pretty much. And so I'm looking on the map and I find find this spot that looks pretty good. Not many access places to get in there. So I told Devin, I said, that's where I'm going to go tomorrow. And if there's not any rigs there, it's probably a good sign, you know, there's not too many people in there. There's only one good spot to access that chunk of woods. And I looked it up on Onyx. It's like 40-something thousand acres of land to the other. And then there's another road on the backside. Big piece. Yeah. So I got in there and uh, right off the bat, I mean, I'm probably not even half a mile from the truck. Picked up a decent track. And it weren't a giant by any means. Mm -hmm probably 150 pounder but i said this deer is going to probably take me into more deer i'm going to figure out where they're transitioning so i get on this deer's track and he takes me from the bottom to the very top and it's all you know how new hampshire's got them great big rocks and Mm -hmm. over the years they've fallen down and they got big holes and craters well he took me through all that crap and we get on the top and the snow was a little bit old at that point we didn't get good snow in new hampshire last year and uh anyways his track was probably at least all of a day old and uh, so he's going along this top and i meet another track with a a big track following it and it looked so a doe and a buck yeah it? okay and uh it looked smoking smoking fresh from what the snow was you know i'm right no master tracker by any means but so anyways i take these deer's tracks and this snow is loud it's iced over and yep. stuff going i'm walking out so these deer are headed out this huge great big point and it drops straight off on the ends in both sides and it's probably only 40 yards wide i get halfway out at that point and i think i can hear a deer walking in the bottom of the ravine but it's all thick spruces and i can't see down there so i was like i'm gonna beat feet out to the end of this drop down in and it sounded like they were headed down so i'm gonna try to cut them off well, i get to the end of that point and there's one spruce tree and i'm still on these deer's tracks there's one spruce tree that I had to duck under and instead of stopping and looking on the other side, I just blew right through it. And that, so it come to find out that buck and that doe were bedded right there within like 30 yards. Oh. And I blew them right off the end while I grunted at them. And, uh, so at this point, now there's a bunch of commotion going on. I'm kind of disoriented, you know, as everything's happened so fast. Well, I grunted at him and I says, I bet you if I get 20 feet more down this bank, when he hits that bottom, I'm going to be able to see him. So I, they're still going down, and so I started walking down that bank, and a third deer took off. At this point, I don't know that that buck had was the one that went to the left. 
Yep. So I'm sitting there and I can see that bottom pretty good and I can't hear those deer anymore. And I didn't see them come out and I didn't see them go up the other side. But I said, you just need to sit here, stay put. And I said, if that one on the right was the buck yep. and then somehow they got mixed in with another deer, he's going to come back and you're going to get a shot. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't. That lasted about two minutes. <laughs> and, and I, Patience level yeah. zero. <laughs> and I had went to check out what that third deer was. Mm-hmm. Well, when I had done that, what come to find out that buck had left that doe yep. to that grunt and was coming back up the knoll. So I went over to look <laughs> oh. at that third deer track, found out that it was a small track, not the same buck. Yep. And I went back and where I was standing, I blew that buck off the knoll. He was almost right where I was oh. standing. Yeah. And, it's a hard lesson. Yeah. And the snow was old. I mean, it was at that point, it was probably a week old snow and mm. they got in a barnyard of deer tracks and it took me, by the time they got there, I kind of got back close to them, I thought. It took me a couple hours to sort them out. And uh, I ended up, once I figured them out, man, I was like, you always hear like Larry Benoit talking about running through the woods. Well, boy, I was freaking motoring. <laughs> and, uh, Trying to catch up Yeah, to it was getting late. It was like 3.30, quarter of 4. Did he split from the doe at that time? He did. He finally, oh, he yeah. left the doe. The big one, probably. And, uh so he ended up shooting straight back on top to where yeah. I originally was. Of course, I am all but running up this mountain trying to get back, you know, and he's not giving me any sort of indication he's going to lay back down. He's not yeah. feeding unless he did in that barnyard, and I just didn't pick it up when I was trying to sort tracks out. Yeah. Well, it got to be, I don't know, probably 20 minutes for a dark, and I'm still motoring, and I jumped him off the top of that knoll just about where he was before. Yeah. And I, I give up on him at that point, of, you know, there's not enough time to go track him. And I spent probably the next four or five days in there trying to figure him out. And I think he decided to find a new place to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got sick yeah. of you real yeah, quick. I, I never found his fresh track. And what I should have done that next day was I should have got right back on his old ones and figured yeah. out where he was going. But then it got hot and it started raining and we lost snow like three days after mm-hmm. that. And I just couldn't figure out where he had went. And Right. Yeah, no, it, when you were telling that story, I mean – when you're in the heat of the moment and things are coming unglued, it's so hard to be patient mm-hmm, for sure. when you're tracking. And I think that's something that, I mean, everybody struggles with. Five you know, minutes feels like oh half hour. Gosh. Yeah. You know, like, especially if you're anything, like, I'm assuming all of us, like, we don't like to sit still, mm-hmm. right? So when you're on a buck track and you got the adrenaline going and you only can imagine what this thing's got for headgear and you're up in some wild place as it is, right. you know, it's like everything's kind of... It's really tough. Yeah. But I think sometimes when you're getting those barnyards or when you when you think you're in close to one with a doe, you're better off just hanging tight mm-hmm. yep. and picking your head up. Yeah. You know, I've been successful a few times doing that where but I think it's just it comes with a lot of experiences mm-hmm. like that. Oh, you for know? sure. I think a lot of people get in barnyards and they put their head straight down and they try to figure them out or mm-hmm. sometimes they're right there. Right. You know, and and then you you end up blowing them out, but why that's yeah i bet you'll be back in there this year oh yeah i I got (laughs) me and Devin got four or five cameras in there and i'm actually on sunday i gotta work tomorrow but i'm gonna go in there on sunday and check them out and see what's in there and i want to bow hunt it that'll be interesting is that a big mountain yeah it's pretty big yes i think from where so we found we were in there what was it month ago probably yeah, beginning of August, I think and it was. So every pin I had marked from buck sign that year, yep. there was a pile of deer sign. I mean, nice. And uh, so we get up back on top where I jumped that buck, 
and there was another big buck bed, kind of the same deal as really? Vermont. Yeah, so I'm kind of excited to check that camera. So you put a camera right on the oh, bed? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's cool. Cool. <laughs> another 6,000 yeah. pictures. That's <laughs> 170 yeah. inches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think no kidding. that Vermont one, I just, I put the camera too close. So like every time his ear flickered, it took a picture of him. Still that cool is something. Him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was not shy of the camera, that's no, for sure. No, so I, so probably on this area where that Vermont buck was, I bet you I had at least a dozen, if not 14 or 15 cameras. Every single camera I had for that in this area, he was on it. He made an appearance wow. on every camera, and he was not bashful. He'd walk right up to him, look at him, check him out, you know, and he just did not seem to mind him. Photogenic. Yep. Now, the 14 cameras you had, how big of an area would you say, like acreage? How many acres? Probably uh, five, 600 acres, probably. Oh, wow. Over no court, kidding. Yeah. So spread out between yeah, so it, five, 600 acres. Yeah, it was probably a big block. So it's, a, it's all privately owned land, but it's yep. all public you know it's not posted or anything yep and uh i do have permission to bow hunt on both sides of the road there where i was trying to find him and uh but it's just like a big square and he did not seem to want to leave that square he had a right. circle that he made but it, that time of year he wasn't moving i never figured out so i was getting pictures of him in one spot like five o'clock every morning mm-hmm. almost daylight and then he never made it to that bed till eight thirty. It was like eight eight thirty. He would make it to that Going bed. Slow. Yeah. So I wonder if he didn't have another spot where he yep. liked to hang out that I just never found. And that was all one big cut. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there was they logged this one section in twenty twenty, and then right the property that borders that one, they logged that probably seven eight years ago where Dad ori- originally yeah. shot him, and uh, so that it's kind of just one big. I don't know. Good like, mix of everything. Yeah. Kind of. So you got your real super thick stuff mm-hmm. and then you got all your feet, fresh mm-hmm. feet growing up. Um, but dad, where dad had shot him with his muzzleloader, he said, screw this area. And he moved down. He yeah. moved down to that fresh stuff and he didn't want to be up there anymore. Because I had put cameras up in that same area and I never had a picture of him. That year that you that year your dad shot at him. You guys never had pictures of him, though, right? No, not up until that point. No. Yeah. And then he just all of a sudden made home around yeah. here and stuck around. Yeah, it's funny, you know, like that, we were talking earlier, that buck that I video of there chasing that door around, never had a picture of him, never knew he existed. I don't know where he come from. They'll come from, I mean, there's a study in New Hampshire. I don't know if you guys have read the story. They collared a deer in New Hampshire. He did like 94 miles straight line during the rut. Oh, oh wow. Smokes. And then in, out in Missouri, they've collared them. They got bucks going 140 miles straight yeah, line. Yeah, flat Three ground. states. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they'll just go. Oh, for they'll sure. They'll go till they find what they want. Yeah, right. And they'll just keep going. Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes when guys shoot bucks that they've never seen before, I mean, potentially they could be coming from 60 miles away. Right. Maybe Which they is find something really... better and they just said, I'm going to live here for I mean, a while. Think, <laughs> think, about, think about it like this. Every guy that's serious nowadays has a camera. Oh, for sure. You, and you, I'm sure, you know everybody around here that's serious. Everybody, when somebody shoots a buck, Everybody kind of knows, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got a picture of him, or yep. you know, Fred had a picture of him. Mm-hmm. When somebody doesn't know of a buck, it's kind of weird. Right, where did right? he come from? He's coming from outside of your, like, right. who you know, right. which is a pretty big area. Mm. It's just kind of, it makes you think sometimes. Like, you get into them big woods, though. I mean, you don't get pictures of them all. They they learn how to hide. They don't get big for no reason, right. that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, some of them, yeah, you never, just never do get pictures of them. I guess it's their personality, too. Yeah. Like some bucks don't like to work scrapes or make a lot of sign, too. Right. You know, they just kind of 
or they by. see the camera once they don't come back through yeah again. i've seen, seen that, that too, too. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah no you were just saying though uh you got a picture of the buck at 5 30 and then like eventually you'd get him at that bed at 8 30 yeah. i'm wondering if that's because he was like working the thermals right because like aren't the thermals like really strong like right as the sun comes up yeah and then they kind of it calms down yeah. kind of once the sun comes so i'm mm-hmm. wondering if between five and eight or whatever if he was like working some area where he had like the thermals like right. really in his favor and then once it was daylight maybe he would shift to like more visual right uh safety mm-hmm. or whatever you know which would make sense too because that would be a gradual incline the way that yeah. he'd make his way up there he'd yeah it was all location uphill from where i was getting before daylight pictures of him to where i was getting him in his bed mm. and uh but yeah it makes you think like uh, when you to get a buck in early october you really have to be on top of them mm-hmm. i think yeah you know you really have to be close to where they're bedding and where they're you know because from august to let's say october there is a shift all in for between sh- all for sure but that when they shift they're still not going very far no so yeah i mean it's kind of like you said you got them on every camera in mm-hmm. 500 acres yeah you know it makes it, it makes you think that like all the it makes me think anyways, like all the times that I've been hunting for a buck early October and I don't get him on any camera. Well, it's probably because he's in one little section right. and he's just not, not leaving out of yeah. the game. He's just right in that little pocket. I think green rubs are so important yeah. early October. Yeah. And I in, think in September too. Yeah. I think the summertime scouting plays a big role in shooting, you know, nice bucks or any bucks at all, you know, in early October, you know, you got to put in, figure out where they're living, where they're transitioning. In the summertime. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that I have a hard time just finding the time to go do, you know, yeah. try to make the time. But, you know, if you can find a nice buck in September time, late August, September, you're going to have a pretty good chance. Of on the shot opener, on. you yeah. think? Yeah. So when do you think, like from the year guys' personal opinion, when do you think the bucks like really shift in the Northeast? I think there's a small shift from September to October. Yeah. Like when that we were talking, that buck shed is velvet. But he wasn't making but only a, like a few hundred yards. Yeah, he wasn't making a big adjustment. I think that last week of October, first week of November, they're really changing up their patterns and trying to find them early does. They're just searching. Yeah, right? once those temperatures really start dropping down, they seem to start venturing out a little bit more and expanding the area, see who's around. Mm. Have you guys seen uh, late, like August, like right around this time? Well, like maybe a week or two ago, have you seen bucks doing swings? Like kind of like going through areas that they'll be in November. I've seen that some. Really? Yep. Get like one picture of a big buck I've seen that. in August where they'll kind of swing through an area and then they'll be gone. But then in November, you'll get come them. Back. Come back. Yeah. It's like almost like they come they come around, like check it out, like see what's going on. Yeah. And then they go back to their summer range yeah. and then do a recon yeah it's yeah. funny see how many does are in the area yeah see, see what's seen... around here because those ain't gonna go anywhere they'll stay put so right there's plenty of does they gotta make their way back that's, that's right sure. i think they do it it's almost no, absolutely it's almost like they do like a pre-rut mm-hmm. scouting mission or something yeah. like they're yeah, like Susan's out still around yeah. this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, like most of the cameras i run i run them on rut sign yeah like primary scrapes or signposts or like pinch points for like rut funnels and stuff i've never done a whole lot of like putting cameras on beds like you're talking mm-hmm. which is very interesting yeah I've, i'm yeah i'm always on rut sign mm-hmm. so i feel like my cameras are like 
way out of the game for that mm-hmm. early season stuff. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be hunting early season bucks, I got to be like on my feet trying to find that green, those green hook ends yeah. and stuff like that. But that that's very interesting. Now, my buddy Nate, and you you kind of know Nate yeah. a little bit. He's a welder as well. He's He actually saw a big buck this year, uh, this summer in the whites and uh, kind of like jumped him up out of a bed. And he said when he went and he said the bed was just mm. like the buck used it all the time. Yeah. You could tell. So he put a camera on that yeah. bed. So I'm... I'm excited for yeah. him to see what what that'll yield. And that'll be interesting for you on New Hampshire. Yeah, for sure. What, you get on top of what I noticed there. with that Vermont buck too was he was the only one to use that bed. I had other bucks walk by and doze, and he was the only one to lay down. Really? Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. That was his bed. Yep. It must have been the best bed. Yeah. <laughs> they they would bed <laughs> right? close by. I would find beds probably within fifty feet of it, but they would not lay down. Even when he wasn't there, they wouldn't. They'd <laughs> smell it, and they would walk right by it. They would not lay down there. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. Sitting on King's Castle. <laughs> yeah, right? That, that was the best spot. <laughs> Another thing I noticed, too, with running that many cameras is I find I kind of found a pocket of does, and I'm not sure if this is how it is all over the place or maybe it was just in the area I was hunting. In the early season, I never had a buck picture where these does were hanging out. These yeah. does were living in this area, not one buck picture all yeah. of October and then come november they come were, november they were here cruising. they come yeah. and i mean this is the, the more i hunt the more i realize like a lot of times i'm trying to hunt bucks you know i'm, I'm that's the way i'm thinking when i'm in the woods mm-hmm. and like when i have time to hunt in november i should be hunting those yeah because like that's where the bucks yeah, are for sure it doesn't matter you know? if in their backyard they're gonna be there yeah mm-hmm. and, and that's more <laughs> bare ground type mm-hmm. stuff i'm talking like but obviously when there's snow on the ground you're finding a big track and going after it but yeah. like when when it's bare ground you ought to just go if you know of a few does that are on a ridge all the time and you always jump them you probably should be in that yeah, area because right. yeah. there's a good chance that one of them's hot and there's some bucks from timbuktu that come through right. looking, you know it's no, it's, it's funny you say that because i was just telling that to garrett earlier i said i was going into this area and it was some oaks up on the ridge, and I said, you know what? If I spent my first week up there, I bet I could probably kill a buck up in there. Don't know how big it'll be, but yep. I bet I could at least see a couple bucks cruise too because there's constantly does in there. Yeah. As long as the oaks produce and they hang out in there, they're they're just – I was just jumping them out time. every time I went in there. Yeah, it, it's funny. Like the serious, serious hunters that like target bucks early season – I feel like they struggle during the rut. Oh, for sure. Because those guys are like super keyed in on like buck sign and like good bedding and stuff like that. But then during the rut, the bucks are like yeah. on top of those and like, you know, the guys wearing the orange hats and the orange the overalls <laughs> right. sitting on a stump, they're cranking the big buck right. because <laughs> they're they're in the spots where all the deer are. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, seeing doe every day. You get hung up on the spot, yeah. you know, and you're getting all sorts of pictures in October and you think it's yeah. going to be the same in November and it's not. I mean, like if you are rifle hunting in the Northeast, if you're hunting big buck sign, that's not super fresh. Mm-hmm. You're probably way out of the game. Yeah. When, uh, you're like screwed. When me know? and Devin were in Massachusetts, boy, we didn't waste any time. We'd go look in an area. We'd split up, try to cover as much ground as we could. And if the deer weren't there, we would we weren't wasting time. You know, we were trying to get right on the deer. Fresh sign. Yeah, and fresh sign. And there was so much snow down there. Anywhere a buck was feeding, if they still had horns on their head, you could tell. You, could tell. Yeah. And you weren't there when there was bear ground. It was just all snow. So the first week I was, I was there from the 5th 
to the tents. I think I hunted okay. that first week. Of and, shotgun, right? Yeah, yep. and I should have killed a buck. Same place I killed that first one. I mean, almost in the same exact spot. I was walking up through, and I freaking come into cell phone service, and my phone went off. And so I'm right at the tights of the land just about, and I look at my phone, put it in my pocket, and I kind of just do a quick glance, you know, as to what's around me. Well, this buck, come to find out, was raking a tree, Never heard him. Never had a clue in the world. He was there probably only 60 yards from me, if that. And I started taking a couple of steps. He blew at me and took off. And fast as I could pick my gun up, you know, and he was gone. Um, so that kind of bit me in the butt there. But You made up for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you tagged out. Yeah. I, I was his personal dragger last yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty good at dragging last yeah. year. That's, that's for sure. awesome. I have to return the favor this year. Yeah. yeah. Now, last year in that, that deep snow when you were hunting down there, did you notice that the deer were very pocketed? Like the bucks and the does were all kind of like in one little spot. Yeah. So, well, what we noticed was the does were in groups. The bucks mm-hmm. were not. So really, yeah. so the bucks were alone, yeah. and the does were kind of gl- so, clumped up. Well, yeah, we when we first got all that snow, I don't know, two days in a row, we tracked two sets of tracks. We figured there were does, but they just hightailed it right out of the country, just, and they just headed straight. They would never even stop, not to feed or anything. We they're two mile tracks, and they just never stopped once. Just kept going. Finally, we were like, "Yeah, we got to get off these ones, find something else." And yep. finally, we get into an area, and we got into a spot to where it's like, "Oh, these ones are actually staying here and hanging out. Let's play around in here." And that's when we mm-hmm. got lucky with the second one there. Were the bucks still rubbing at that time of year? Or? I didn't notice. So that first week of December, I was there. I think that was when I jumped that buck. I think it was around like the eighth or ninth. He was rubbing a tree, mm-hmm. um, but after that, I did not. not they, I didn't notice. Um, that one specific rub, I had went back there a couple of days after that and just to check stuff out and see if the deer were still moving through there. And I hadn't seen any, you know, bark on the ground or anything like they mm-hmm. were rubbing. Um, the first one, he weren't so, you know, full of feed and stuff and belly full. The second one, boy, he was chucker block full of feed. All he really? wanted, yeah, all he wanted to do was lay down. He was trying yeah. to, he, he was done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. Have you so you guys have hunted it when there's acorns down there? No, have you not? Not early season, no. Or like December, I'm saying. Uh, well, the area we hunt don't have a ton of acorns. No, a okay. lot of beaches though. Yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, I've I love Massachusetts when there's acorns. Yeah, yeah. 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 one year in acorns. Oh my gosh, it's insane. We, we, we shrubs everywhere. <laughs> the last know. couple of days of the trip that we had went out there, we tried a different spot. Well, I tried a different spot and went on the backside, and it's straight up the whole way, and it's like why not let's just see what's up there and yep walked all the way up to the top didn't cut a track and i said the heck with this walked all the way to the bottom there's a ton of acorns all over the place there yep. roll your ankle on the dang things get back down to the bottom four deer just barely walked down through <laughs> so well they're hanging out down low but i'm sure it's a group of does that's for sure that was one thing that i noticed that we had both noticed that late season in december the bucks seem to hang out by themselves when you're yep. tracking anyway. They yep. Just find one lone track, you're probably going to walk onto a buck. Yep. You find two sets of tracks, you might as well forget about it. It's more it's than likely doe. a couple of those. Yep. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thing to <clears throat> to pick up on. Um, do you guys have any good uh, like uh, double teaming stories or like stories of like deer that you guys have killed together or anything like that? The one we just barely started hunting together a lot the last – two years being side by side just to see if we can't kill one together. And the yep. only time we've come close was the one that we think he, his second buck in mass last year. Really? 
we were headed down out of the woods. So that ah, it's getting late in the day. We're just going to head work our way back to the truck. Hadn't cut a good track all day. And finally we get the one spot and looking at the bed and we're like, well, it's kind of old, but it's the freshest we've seen all day. We had like what, two hours a day. Yeah, it was left. like two o'clock in the afternoon. We finally, we've been walking all day, finally cut his track and said, what the hell? Why not? Let's just take it. And we got onto him. The thing he bedded down, Probably in 400 yards, but it down like five or six times. It's like, we're getting closer and closer. We just got to keep after him and finally get catching up to him. And finally, the track's getting really fresh. It's like, oh, he's right here somewhere. He's not going to be too far. And finally get up to the last rise. And we're both looking at a spruce patch. He's looking at it. Don't see him. He's done this like six or seven times. He'd bed down. He's like, well, he's not here. And we take one more step, and there he goes. Dashes down through, and I let one <laughs> flicker at him and never touched him a bit. But... That was the only experience that we've had together. So double far. teaming. Yeah. Well, you guys will get you'll get some. Yeah, I bet. You know, no, for sure. Well, didn't you track a buck out in Illinois with Buck Russell a couple of years ago with your bow? In Indiana, Indiana. Uh, a big one. That big eight pointer. Well, a picture that, of some snow on the ground. That wasn't. Were... I wasn't tracking okay. it out, but well, I mean, I was tracking a deer out, and I was sure it was a doe. It was the last day of bow season in Indiana. And I was just walking around. I said, I'm going to bring out the Vermont me out here and just start tracking <laughs> yeah. him out. I said, why not? And I'm looking at this thing, and she's about 80 yards away. Of course, I got my bow in my hand, and I'm like, nah, that's way too far to be trying to take a crack at a doe. And I get walking down through and watch her for probably about 10, 15 minutes, and I hear a limb break behind me and turned around. There's a buck walking dead away from me. He's like, huh. Turned around, clicked him real quick. He was at 45 yards on a steady walk, and I said, might as well try it, and let one flicker and ended up catching him one. And <laughs> yeah. He ended up lacing him open and ran. He All of a sudden, he just went booking up through the woods, and I uh, tracked him or ran right after him to see kind of where he'd went because we were losing so pretty quick, and he bedded right down. I was like, what the hell just happened here? Something's funky going on. No idea it hit him. I thought the arrow sailed right over his back. And uh, I happened to watch him for probably 15, 20 minutes and got looking around. Well, I see a blood trail that goes right <laughs> to him. I was like, I must have hit him. <laughs> I said, well, I'll just wait here for a minute and see if he'll stand up. At this point, I'm at 30 yards. And finally, he stands up. Get him to stand up. I said, yeah, right there, 30 yards, shot right underneath him. <laughs> oh, my so, gosh. And that was the second shot. Got it right underneath him. He went five yards and laid right back down and he was hurting. Yeah, when he stood up that second time, I could see on his rear end that he had a big blood spot. I was like, well, I did hit him, but not in the best spot. Mm. But he's hurting pretty good. And bedding down five yards, I knew he weren't going to make too much longer. I, I'm pretty sure I clipped his artery in the back there. So then I'm just doing the slow poke and finally expired him. No kidding. Yep, pretty cool way of getting them, though. Out yeah, there. no, for sure. <laughs> Different, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I've always thought about, like, Late October in Vermont, sometimes the mountains mm-hmm. they'll get some snow. Yeah, I've always thought, like, <laughs> That'd be oh, awesome. I just go up there, get up yeah. high in the mountains, and just get on a big buck track. Because I know some of the bucks that I've tracked in New Hampshire that late October, early November time, they just don't go far. No, like that is like the time to track. Yeah, and like you, right there. you hear the guys in Northern Maine talk about it. They're mm. like, come up first week because yep. if we get snow, that is the time to track mm. and. As long as I mean, they know you're not on them, then you're good to go. I mean, not spooking them. I look back at some of the bucks. Yeah, you're totally right. I I look back at some of the bucks that I've killed tracking, and 
I mean, a few of them I really could have killed with my bow. Mm-hmm. I don't know about drawing, yeah. but <laughs> I was close enough to shoot them with the bow. Yeah. And it's like, you know, especially on those peaks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're on those peaks. Close and you yeah, I mean, when there. you're in those spruces, or you're, you're like right there. Be wild. That but, would be so fun. <laughs> I think you the imagine? biggest thing with that would be more or less is if you can get them when they're not bedded down looking at you. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to get yeah. them while they're still in their feeding. Timing. Yeah, exactly. You got to time it perfect. Exactly. Or like get them with dough right they're there. They're sitting there. They're looking on their back track. Yeah. They're going to see you coming from a mile away. Yeah. Once they see you, you're done. Yeah. Good luck catching them again. Yeah. I mean. But you ever wonder, you know, if you jump a buck and he never really gets a good look at you, I think lots of times they get curious as to what you are. Come they back. Might, they, they might not let back. you get close to them. But lots of times they'll stand there and look back yeah. to try to figure out that one last time before they really get it, get out of dodge. Like your mask well, that was, there. It's not yeah. like he stood there and mm-hmm. looked at you for a second. Because yeah. I know he heard me coming. Man, I was making some noise yeah. going through that brush. And, and, and one, one thing, like you're talking about that, um, a buck that I've been hunting for a few years now, I missed him in 2020. Dino. Oh, yeah. Connor Dino. knows a buck well. <laughs> yeah. One of the only bucks I've ever named. Um it's a funny story. I told it on another podcast, but I'll tell it again. I was coming down off the ridge and I was on the buck's track. I saw the buck get up. He ran down over the bank, kind of quartering to me, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange. I couldn't get a shot. It was quick. He was like a hundred yards down over the bank for me. I was trying to figure it out. I went down. I was looking at his bed and I was like, why did he run like quartering back to me? So strange. And my father-in-law was in the same piece of woods with me and I got a hold of him. I was like, where are you at? He's like, oh, I just came through a little swamp. I'm kind of like rounding out the north end of this ridge. And I was like looking at my map and I was like, oh, the swamp's right there. The buck was bedded. I was like, oh, okay. It's kind of piecing it together. Yeah. The buck saw my father-in-law, Justin, coming through that swamp. No doubt. So he was watching that swamp. I was up above him. I just got to see a glimpse of a him, glimpse of him yeah. getting up and running away from Justin. So I was like, Justin, you know, meet me, you know, so-and-so. I'm kind of standing over by this bed. And uh, we'll give this buck some time, and we'll go, and we'll chase him. You know, we'll, we'll track him, double-team him. And uh, so Justin comes up over the hill, and I'm like, yeah, that buck was just right over there on that bed. He was watching the swamp, and he ran down over the bank. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a sandwich, and, you know, we'll stand here for a while, and then we'll go track him. I'm sitting there. I'm like halfway through my sandwich. I look, and the buck comes back up over the hill right <laughs> to his bed. I'm like, oh, my God, there he is. I pull up. I shoot. I miss him. Muzzleloader, of yeah. course. And the buck, he's gone. But uh, – moral of the story justin wasn't tracking that deer that buck was just bedded there watching that swamp saw justin coming through mm-hmm. bailed down over the bank came back 20 yeah. minutes later because he liked that bet right. right see if he was still there or not he was happy with that bet yeah right. you know he he won mm-hmm. you know he he saw the some whatever predator coming up through yeah bailed down over the bank felt safe came back so i mean what i took away from that is especially bare ground mm-hmm. If you jump a buck out of a bed, if you're patient enough, and that buck doesn't think you were like really like, you know, trailing them or pressuring them, they could come back. Right. And some of the guys in the Midwest, they call that the bump and dump, right? They jump them out of a bed, they set up, Mm -hmm. buck comes back and they shoot them. Maybe it's a day later. Right. But they like that bed for a reason. So, So, I mean, that's just some some food for thought. That buck, me and you track there that day that you shot at the first bed we picked him up at where we started tracking him me and Devin jumped him that buck beat feeded made a huge circle 
went right back to that same bed. We <laughs> followed them all the way to that same spot, had our trackers on on Onyx. And I says, I'm, it's almost dark. I mean, it is hard to see, but it's still shooting time. And I said that to Devin. I said, there's a deer standing right there. And he's like, what? And I said, I'm pretty sure there's a deer standing right I there. I just plugged my ear. And <laughs> first, I, my scope on my muzzle is a two to seven. And uh, so I'm zooming in, trying to see. And, of course, there's a little bit of snow in there and watery. And, and the hemlocks. Yeah. Healthy there. And just couldn't see it very good. And I was like, with my naked eye, I could swear I can see a deer's hind end standing there. I let my gun down and I take a couple steps and poof, there he goes. But he had went right back to that first bed. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Do you guys rabbit hunt much? You ever rabbit hunted? I did when I was younger, but I haven't for a few years. Okay, well, the older I get, the more I realize deer are a lot like rabbits. Would circle. And- <laughs> they come yeah. right back yeah. around eventually. So that's what we had Especially talked- on mountains. Yeah, we talked about that for this year when we go hunting together. If we do the same thing, one of us is going to split off yeah. and go back to that you know, especially if you're in kind of the open hardwoods and you can see for 100 yards, yep. you might catch that and back, oh, cruising yeah. back through. You know, especially if it, in Massachusetts, you're not yep. you normally super far. Mm-hmm. You know, you're within a mile or two of them. And the woods are pretty open down yeah. there, too. You could definitely see something. Yeah, for sure. I was talking with a guy last year, and he had said that they've had pretty good luck with that if they jump a buck at the base of the hill. If they see him going back up, send one guy up after him mm-hmm. if you get his bed at the bottom. Yep. Send one guy after him. He said nine times out of ten, he's going to come back in that area Same somewhere. Spot. I mean, somebody's going to get a shot at him, whether yep. it be the guy going after him or the guy pushing him back down. Yep. Right. Yeah, I've seen it a few times. I know, Gilly, if you're listening, you know about that one yeah. we tracked all day. We <laughs> tracked one all freaking day. And at the end of the day, almost dark, he took us right back to where yeah. the first bed we jumped him out of. You <laughs> know, you patience is a key factor. In it is. Yeah. Sometimes it is. you just don't have it. No. But it <sighs> it's hard to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure. When you're so excited to see what he actually had, but if you only had the patience to wait there for mm. a couple <laughs> hours, you have just as good luck. Then you can also see what else screws through at the same time. Yeah, that too. Yeah. What's your guys' plan for the fall? Oh, where we're hunting? Yeah, you guys, uh, you stuck to uh, New England last year, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Illinois and Indiana. Um, I'm not going to do that trip this year. Kind of got hooked on the tracking. Yeah, you're uh, good. Yeah, it's fun. I've yet to kill a buck in New Hampshire or Maine. And I was telling you guys earlier, I set up my truck so i can sleep in the back and i've got a cap and stuff for it so and it's a tacoma yeah it's a yeah. Tacoma. so yeah. you're already kind of aligning yourself yeah, for with sure the, with the um, buck tracking gods new hampshire <laughs> is close enough to home i'll probably drive back forth it's yeah. not quite two hours probably an hour and 40 minutes to where me and devin been hunting uh but we want to go up to maine so i think if we go up there for a week you know we'll stay in the truck and uh Every couple of days, go into town, yeah. take a shower and stuff. And Just be mobile, bounce yeah. around, yeah. follow the snow. But definitely hooked on the tracking, so I'm going to try to chase some snow around. and yeah. just, It's fun, Yeah, man. for sure. Yeah. You had some good experiences last year by the sounds. Yeah, and I really, after that 200-pound mark, so I think oh, the best yeah. chance is, I think, personally, never spent too much time in Maine, but I think the best chance of that, of mm-hmm. shooting a 200-pounder is in New Hampshire. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But from what I've seen, yeah. I think that's my best chance of getting one. Yeah, especially that muzzleloader yeah. season. I think you're right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think we got to hit up the Ohio late muzzleloader season. Oh, that, yeah. that was yeah, a lot for of fun sure. Too. In January, I, everything yeah. starts shutting down. It's like ah, let's hit another state. Up. Yeah. You did that last year. <laughs> yeah, we no went during that uh, January season just for that four day muzzleloader season. Let's just try it, and man, we had a ball out there. You see some deer. 
lot of deer. Oh, a pile we got of deer. Wicked good areas. Like if we bow hunted out here, we could probably kill a buck. You out found here. a f- beauty freaking shed out here too. Yeah, it was a fresh, uh, fresh shed, oh, a four, four point side, and uh, got into an area that I bet. If I were to guess, there was 100 deer in that area. Wow. I mean, there was just a ton of deer, and there was a hook in every five feet, it seemed like. They wow. were just everywhere. Mm. He had found a shed the day before. It was an old one, and all of a sudden, I said, man, I bet I'll find a shed in here if I look hard enough. Sure enough, I can, <laughs> 20 feet out in front of me, there's one laying yeah. there on the ground. Wow. Big one, yeah, yeah, it was a real good one. And the pressure in that January season didn't seem like there was as many hunters. Most right. of the rigs you saw were from hunters. Oh, yeah. 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 Green yeah. Army. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but... I've been out there before for the first gun, and boy, it yep. gets hammered. Really? But that, yeah, that second gun seems to be. I was planning on going out the first, but maybe I'll switch it to the second yeah. after hearing that. I I've heard of guys having good luck in the first one, but I definitely think there's a lot of pressure, which yeah. could be good. You know, if you're not in a huge area, they're moving some deer, but that all depends on you know where you're right. at. And biggest thing in Ohio is you start shooting those bucks that are shed and yeah. you start killing those big bucks that are yeah, with no <laughs> don't have no yeah. horns on them left. <laughs> that sucks. And it's, it's like, ah, oh, didn't want to do that. No, not at all. <laughs> they, did, I, they did away with that for a while, I thought. they'd Stay land, yeah. Yeah, and then I think they brought it back. What did, did they, they shorten the season up? Well, so they did away with shooting does in January. Oh. It was bucks only. Right. And then I think they brought that back. I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure that... No, I have a I have a good Ohio January story. I used to go down um my buddy Mike and his dad Ben. I used to go down with them. They would there was this farm that would do weekly leases. Mm-hmm. It was like 700 acres. Yeah. Big huge block of timber and they would do weekly leases from the first day of bow right to that January season. So it tons of pressure, but there was a bunch of big pieces around it that only a couple guys hunted. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty good. And uh I was younger, and I didn't really know a whole lot about, like, baiting deer. But I guess down there, guys bait the heck out of deer. Oh, yeah. Especially January. Yeah. And uh, this one one year, it was wicked cold down there that January season. And uh, no feed. All the acorns were kind of gone. There wasn't many to begin with. And it was like 10 below zero. And I remember this one time, I was way back. We called it the back 40, this way back piece in this farm that we could hunt. And I was back there, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning, and I was getting hungry, so I pulled out a bag of beef jerky, opened that bag of beef jerky, and I'm sitting there eating it. Ten minutes later, 20 dough come running in. I'm <laughs> like, the back. holy crap. Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like put two, and two together. Yeah. I didn't register. I was like, holy crap, covered up with deer, you know. Put the beef jerky bag behind me, behind the tree, and I'm kind of like waiting, no box, nothing. I'm like, okay. But my buddy Ben... He had a corn pile by the camp, and he had put a game camera on it, and uh, it was not far from camp, and we checked that camera the last day we were there, and there was big bucks on it all the time yeah, on that crazy. corn pile, but I, and after, you know, down the road, a few years down the road, I kind of, you know, put it together that all those deer, that 20 deer that came into my it was to my me opening opening that plastic bag. Yeah. No, if I would have known any better, I'd be I'd be opening plastic yeah. bags everywhere. That's better than a grunt call out yeah. there in January. Right. Holy crap. Get the bag out there. Dude, I had no around. idea. I was out there in the back forty thinking I was hunting a friggin' rub line in January. You know, I was probably yeah. 16, 15. No, that was but that was like this February. I ended up going down. I had a terrible year last year. I couldn't kill nothing, it seemed like and one last hurrah and get into February and me and the old lady went down to Jersey 
and you can bait deer down there and we yep. put out a bunch of feed and finally found a spot where it seemed to be pretty decent and uh get down there and the last day of the hunt or second to last day we get down through and made it up a new spot and a buck ended up coming through the next morning and that's actually the deer ended up uh, proposing my fiance to no <laughs> kidding yeah yeah ended up working out pretty good i was supposed to do it in november but it never worked out so you shot the deer yeah and you proposed when you were walking I, up on it or? so i shot it she was in a different area could see it laying there dead about 40 yards from the stand and i went and propped it all up and told her to help me come it was find a buck? It. yeah yeah it was nice it, had, it was a Three point side never grew the other side. Oh, okay. there, there was no pedicle or anything. Well, inbred. Yeah. Inbred yeah. New Jersey buck. <laughs> I said, yeah, perfect. This will do. I said, it's yep. not on a nice buck out in Illinois, but this hey, will have to do yeah. the trick. It's a thought that counts, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. And she said, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, the ring was on and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. The good thing she didn't grab a hold of the horn. I know, right? play all the way. Yeah. The way yeah. that it was positioned, she would have held it just right it would come right off so Boy. luckily she see it when she walked up to that is a redneck proposal yeah, if no i've ever that. heard it huh wow uh, you guys went all over the great. place last year then huh yeah i think 109 states last oh, year wow yeah. Yeah. one thing i want to touch on real quick is you guys are both younger guys and you both mm. own your own businesses mm-hmm. that is super important you know i think that to do what you like to you do gotta, what you yeah. like you got to be able to have the time to do it yeah for sure no time management is definitely key for sure it's tough you know like we we're t- touching base on the early season scouting you know it's hard Devin works six seven days mm. a week i come work out of town all week long come back home and the local guys want me to do work so it's really hard to find the time to figure out them early bucks but boy come november that all that hard work pays off oh, yeah. and you got six seven weeks to just non-stop and go deer hunting yeah, right. it's awesome it sucks I, at the time but it pays uh, off yeah for no, sure absolutely it's hard to get you know it's hard to locate them but do one, quick homework yeah once the snow out. comes if you got time to just constantly dog them big bucks especially in new hampshire and maine and stuff i think you know yeah, it'll work yeah. out the with your experience you guys know what to look for yeah. when you're out there looking so mm-hmm. I'd yeah. rather work seven days a week all summer and have oh, a fall for sure. off no, yeah. than have the summers to scout all yeah. week. Yeah, yeah. Seven seven months out of the year working seven days a week really ain't too bad. No, Not yeah. when you have November. Right, no. exactly. Right. Man, yeah. And we've been key. up to Maine a couple of times in New Hampshire. You know, I think we're in pretty good shape going into deer hunting. I think we'll be on to the deer. If not, you know, it's always good to scout some new areas too. Yeah. Well, I did pretty so. well last year yeah. in new areas. So right. You could do it again this yeah. year. Well, I heard one of your guys' podcasts, you were talking about shoot, getting a woodsman shooting the biggest buck of your life. Yeah. Well, I just bought a woodsman. Oh, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I'm hey, hoping, you're yeah. due. Yeah, man, you're due. Yeah. Devin just bought one, too, so hopefully nice. we can double up. Yeah. Oh, what do you guys shooting for powder? So I got a 50 caliber, and yeah. I shoot 110 grains. Okay. And... Uh, he bought a forty-five caliber. Well, you guys got yep. two of them, didn't you? Or you did? I only got one. Okay. He ordered two. Gotcha. So I bought one and then ordered another one. Well, the order never ended up coming through, so I only ended up with the one. But I ended gotcha. up getting the forty-five. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Yep. That's what I have. I have the. You have a forty-five. Forty-five. Too, don't you? Yeah. 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 I shoot one hundred and twenty pounds of Blackhorn. Yeah. With a two hundred and twenty-five grain sabotage bullet. Yep. yep. Nice. It's lethal. Mm-hmm. They yeah. do. So it I, really cranks them hard. I had a hard time getting. So I ordered some bullets from Woodsman, and I should email them about it, um, but they haven't shown up yet, and yep. I was getting kind of worried. So I had a CVA Optima, and boy, that nothing wrong with that gun. It shoots yep. awesome. 
Uh, so I was shooting 270 grains out of that power belt. Yep. And boy, that woodsman loves that. And really? Yeah, yeah. it oh, no, shoots kidding. that freaking good. Nice. Good. And so I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna stick to that. And yep. a couple of deer I got last year, boy, there was a lot of brush in the way, and it blew through them like nothing. Cool. Yeah. So well, if you got a recipe, stick yeah, to it. Yeah, right. for sure. Oh, absolutely. If it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. it. Right. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping them woodsman's bullets show up here pretty quick. I'm Have sure you guys ever will. tried shooting the pellets with them or? Just, no, just Blackhorn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when That's I switched, what everybody says. Just I powder. switched to Blackhorn before I got to Woodman, and there was a big difference when I switched to Blackhorn with my uh, bone collector. I had a bone collector I shot a, a few bucks with, and it was such a night and day difference. I mean, mm-hmm. with the with the the Pyrodex powder or the blocks or or whatever they those pellets. things were pellets. Yeah, they just wouldn't bleed. Yeah, they wouldn't bleed worth a yep. damn, and mm-hmm. and it just seemed like no penetration, and it's not getting the velocity. It wasn't getting the velocity, but <clears throat> once I switched to the Blackhorn, it was a whole yeah. nother ball game. Yeah, boy, the juice Blackhorn out of it, it rocks you pretty. Oh, good. it does, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. the old forty-five with oh, no scope. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know you're shooting it. Yeah, you know you're shooting it. But now uh, this is something I wanted to ask you guys. So I've been back and forth. I'm putting a peep on that yep. woodsman. Just a yeah. I like the idea of the peep hunting in bad weather. Carry yep. so nice too. Yeah. Do you think the peep would gain you more deer mm. in bad weather or cost you more deer? Because like that mass one of those Massachusetts bucks, I couldn't see his horns and I bet without a scope I wouldn't have been able to see. So I've been constantly taking the scope off, putting the peep back on, mm-hmm. taking the peep off, putting the scope back on. I think it's area dependent. It seems it, like it is. Yeah. and I and I would tell you go with what you're confident in because mm-hmm. that for me that's it's confidence is everything. You know, if, if I was more confident with a slingshot, I'd bring the slingshot. Right. You know, it's it's just it's whatever you feel like you're more dangerous with. Yeah. And and I mean, I've I've killed a, a deer with the woodman at probably 120 to 140 yard mm-hmm. range. I was a buck that my buddy Gilly had a he had shot first and then I had finished him way up across his cut and, you know, just didn't even really think, just pulled up, put the bead on the shoulder, squeeze, squeeze it off. And I got him. Yep. But I mean, I had ordered this, this year I'd order a small pair of binoculars and I mm-hmm. think I'm going to actually going to start running those when mm-hmm. I, when right I carry my peeps. Yeah. Yeah. Right on my chest. My, a guy that for Northwoods whitetails, John Moulton or not John Moulton, uh, John Wright. Mm-hmm. Um, I had edited his hunt last year of a New Hampshire buck and, and, in that video, you can see he's got a little pair of binoculars, yep. and he's always looking at the buck, you know, yep. and stuff. And I think that's key. Oh, for sure. If you're going to run the peep in an area where you think there is a chance to catch a deer at mm-hmm. 120 or 50 yards, you know, yep. I think that is a, a big deal. But if you're confident shooting the peep, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it is definitely better. Yeah. I think it's faster. It's way yeah. faster. It's way lighter. Yeah. The way um, less chance of you not being able to shoot a deer because of, you know, scope fog, snow right. in the scope, whatever. But, I mean. It doesn't take much, you know, snow or rain no. to mm. ruin your visual. And then once it's in there, it's in there all day, it, it seems. Like, right. no how much you wipe it, mm-hmm. you get stuff inside your yeah, calves. Yeah, for sure. you flipping them down, they're fogging up. Yeah, and the paper towel you bring with you soaked by, you <laughs> yeah, know, 10 exactly. o'clock. And so what I, battle. what I did is, I mean, I have a rifle with a scope, I have a rifle with a peep, and I have a muzzleloader with just a peep. Now, and I only muzzleload hunt with the peep, mm-hmm. but I got a Ruger 1022. I've always had one, and I you can get a Williams peep sight for the 1022. Yep. And when I'm gonna just shoot for fun, I shoot that Ruger mm-hmm. 1022 with a peep, 
And I think that really helps build confidence. Oh, for sure. And, we, were, uh, we were talking about that, rolling a tire down the yeah. bank. Oh, so yeah. just getting used to it. Just, yeah. And I mean, I think it's, if you grew up rabbit hunting, squirrel hunting with open sights, like I did, a peep's second nature. Mm-hmm. If you can shoot, you can shoot. And, you know, I think it is tracking. I think you can't go wrong with it. Right. But at the end of the day, you get a quick shot off. Yeah. And I think it's way less thinking involved when right. it's a peep. Yeah. You know, because when you go into a scope, it's like you're going into a whole nother world. Oh, for sure. You know, it, but I'm always worried about catching them in like the open hardwoods, but it just seems yeah. like you never catch them in the open hardwoods. Right. It's always in the thick. Not a lot. Not a lot. But I mean, I, at the end of the yeah. day, I think it boils down to what are you confident with? Right. If you're more confident with a scope, you better bring the scope. Right. If you're, more, if you're confident in the peep, you're going to do good with the peep. Mm-hmm. But tracking, I, I like from a lot of videos and the few experiences I had, Seems like a lot of times on bucks, you jump when you're tracking, you're within 100 yards of them. Oh, yeah. So if you can shoot a yeah, peep good at 100 yards yep. or less, I think that's probably right. the way to go. And that's probably the way I'm, I'll am i end up going. But yeah. I've just been so back and forth on it, you know. Right. And I think you got you got to take the leap of faith. Because you. another thing, too, you have to think about is you're not going to get everyone, no matter what you're mm-hmm. carrying. Right. So, you know, you got to kind of take the pros and cons of each one and mm-hmm. like, oh. You know, you're not going to get them all anyway. Right. So, you know, what what one's going to benefit you most at the end of the day? Right. Boys, this was good. Yeah. This was a great sure. podcast. Yeah. Gets you excited. Oh, yeah, my gosh. We'll I won't sleep tonight. <laughs> a, couple, a couple more weeks. Oh, yeah. man. I'm going to try for a bear this weekend. I'm oh, gonna that'd be, be awesome. With, yeah, I'm going to try. I was talking to Connor about it. I, I really want to get a bear in the freezer. Mm-hmm turn it all into burger yeah. my wife and i eat a ton of burgers so like you know tacos lasagna whatever you know pasta i think it would just be good to put a bear in the freezer take a little pressure off the deer season yeah. maybe shoot a doe or two and then go track it. that's yeah. right mm-hmm. it, you know because like a lot of years it seems like i go into i start tracking and i don't have anything in the freezer mm-hmm. and you don't really hunt good right right when, <laughs> when you're worried about me yeah but yeah, guys, thank you. Yeah, well, yeah thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys, well, good luck this year. Yeah, yeah you too. We'll, we'll get you on again. Hopefully, we'll good. have some more stories this fall. Yeah, I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing <laughs> you guys put together this year. Yeah. All right, boys, we'll see you on the next one.